1: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
2: Welcome to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with your host, Dee Lee. It is common for all of us to take things for granted, the familiar in our daily lives. For example, our home, our job, our health, our relationships with family and friends and pets. By paying attention and polishing your own life gems, you can add your light to life, and that creates a mighty gem. On today's program, you will learn how paying attention to the small things can make your life mighty. So polish the facets of the extraordinary jewels around you by joining your host, Dee Lee. Learn how being mighty is possible when you polish the extraordinary jewels in your life. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee.
1: Welcome to our show Mighty Gems, and we're continuing our just wonderful discussion we had started. Uh, we're calling it our continued Mighty Gems, opening space to be free with um, our special guest, Catherine Jewett. Um, professional organizer with reversible chaos, and my guest host, Lynn Sherrill. So most humans today live in live a normal quote-unquote life existence in a daily state of being overwhelmed. There are so many distractions and bright shiny objects that it can hard it is hard to actually see what's in front of us, you or us, and as a result, it's easy to operate with blinders in place and be numb about your life. Sometimes we can even become asleep or immune to the potentials within and the realities around us for living a more joy-filled existence. The antidote is to simply start paying attention to the state of our own mindset. And even though that sounds simple, it is quite Uh, it takes a bit of focus. In order to see more clearly it can be helpful to have a higher perspective. These mighty gem spotlights focus on our inner subtle human energy systems. We know now that the internal energy centers are actually connected with the world around us. Everything within is reflected from our inside to our outside. The key is really finding a balanced reflection. It's interesting to see that people had so much clutter even thousands of years ago, the only way to get rid of it was to bury it. And then some archaeologists went and dug it up. That's by Carl Pickington, you know, and he always has a sense of humor <laughs> about you know how, things, how <laughs> things should be or are, or observations. So do you find it hard to let go of things when you um, have held on to some, for some reason, mental, physical, or financial? Many people believe cutting down on clutter means simply physically removing items, objects, and papers from a certain area, and maybe burying it, maybe moving it from room to room. They feel they're productive. There really is a right way to approach a cluttered situation in order to provide an effective procedure, organized structure, and management system for stuff that includes spatial design and creative aesthetics for the area. As our Mighty Gem focus and voice is on the Empowerment Channel, our listeners are seeking ways to make their daily living flow better. We all experience challenges and constantly seem to be um, having more tasks on our radar than there is time available in the day to do them. As well, we can also feel like we have too much stuff physically around us that disappears from our awareness. Have you ever bumped into something and said, where did that come from? With our focus on being empowered, most of us are a bit more awake than we used to be and are starting to really look around within and outside of ourselves. In our Mighty Gems series, we have been taking a close look at ourselves within and also now outside of ourselves from a higher perspective, looking really for a balanced reflective. And as we're in the process of evaluating things closely, it is interesting in that the real problem is not the stuff that we collect and never use, and actually never use, possibly, but it is the stagnant energy that tends to collect around them. This directly works within ourselves as the body works better if you are healthy and in shape, just as your outside life elements work better if you are surrounded with free-flowing energy rather than stagnant pools of energy hanging around. So, Catherine, with your passion and your experience, sometimes, um, in my own experience, sometimes solutions can feel very evasive. From your personal experience, um, what have you found are the real secrets and the steps to getting a decluttering project started? Um,
3: I, well, first I want to thank both you and Lynn for um, asking me to join you today. As you both know, I'm passionate about this topic, and so I find this a joy to talk about. And starting a project is hard, you're right. It can feel so overwhelming, and so many of the clients that I deal with are overwhelmed, and that's why they're in touch with me. And I, when I meet with them, I always take the time initially to get a sense of the vision for their space, both physically and emotionally. Uh, I worked with a writer who walked into her office and, and, you know, I could see a visceral response of of discomfort from her. And it's really important that you walk into the space that you are considering working in and get a sense of how you feel in that space. And how you want to feel. So what is the vision that you have for that space? It's always the first place that you have to get started, I think.
1: And so um, as you move through a a project, um, how does someone know that they're done? (laughs) I mean, it feels like there's a lot of different things that go on. And someone could just kind of say, throw it all up and say, I'm done. Or well, is there, <laughs> is there <laughs> that's
3: a- one approach? Yes. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, you know you work in the space and it feels right. You know you have a you walk in that space and it brings you joy and delight to be in there and to do whatever that space functions for. And I think that that's a really big key. Also, you know when you're done when you have a system in place that you can easily maintain, whether that's, you know, daily doing, you know, 10 minutes of something to pick it up or a weekly 45 minutes or an hour. You get a sense that the space is right and that it's easy to maintain. And when it feels right is when your organizing is done, not when it's perfect because that will never happen and it will never stay that way. So, um, it's, you, you know, it's it's just not something that one can realistically strive for. So I always tell people when they finish a space and it feels really good and they feel finished is when they're finished. And take a picture of it, print it out, and post it somewhere prominent in the space so they have a sense of it felt that great. And if I spend, you know, five minutes a day, it can feel that great all the time. So that's done to me.
1: So, do you find sometimes uh, working with one person, if someone's living with someone, either their family or other significant others, can that be a challenge? Because if one person gets started with it, it seems like that could create all kinds of interesting um, relationship <laughs> challenges.
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, um, uh, clearing um, clearing up a space both physically and emotionally and mentally rocks the boat for anyone else who lives in that space. So I always ask uh, a new client, who else shares this space with you? I find this comes up constantly in people who share offices. Often two people who work at home share an office, maybe not at the same time um, and maybe at the time. Um, and that's always challenging when there are different learning and organizing styles. And then it really becomes a negotiated settlement of what is the minimal amount you're willing to accept for your desires. And uh, if one person um, loves having a lot of stuff around them and another person wants a very uh, clear desk, you know, can you erect a screen so that the one person doesn't have to look at the other person's stuff? You know, there are kind of ways to get around things like that. But whenever a, a space is organized, it, it you know it rocks the boat a bit, and it's best then to label everything and to talk with people and and really get people's buy in as to how the space looks now or what even in the beginning what their dream for the space is how they want to use the space and then to go from there.
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, the The word secret always is a curiosity. Maybe because of the secret, <laughs> it gets mm-hmm. your attention and um so do you feel like it's really secret that people ignore the cluttering or that they they try not to um focus on things or is it um you know just some kind of a discovery mode or it's it's kind of like
0: (laughs) does this clutter make me look fat you know that's kind of the question (laughs) right yeah exactly and (laughs) and you know when you
3: when you have a partner Um, you just have to put up with the fact that there are different people in your lives with different expectations. I mean, that's just the way of having another person that you share your life with. And you have to get down to what, what's minimally acceptable to both parties so that the person who's the um, nothing on their desk can, can live with the level of clutter they have to walk by or is behind the cabinet door or behind the bedroom door or whatever. Um, And that the person who lives with more stuff around them can accept that, you know, they need to be a little bit less cluttered than they're comfortable with. Uh, Doors are fantastic for that. You know, I often tell this to families with especially teenage children. You know, give your child the area of responsibility and close the door, and mm-hmm. you don't have to look at the clutter on their floor if you come to acceptable terms with what that clutter is. And maybe it's that they do their own laundry and you're never doing their laundry. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I don't know about you guys, but a teenager in the home, everything, all the clothing was on the floor, and from day to day I couldn't tell what was dirty and what was clean and I finally said, Okay, you know what? You're doing your own laundry. This is how you do your laundry. I'm not dealing with any of it anymore. You're responsible for all of that and close the door. Um the mm-hmm. so doors are really
1: good for that. <laughs> <laughs> so the door is a secret.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, it is a
1: secret. And sometimes I think the secret is
0: delegation. Secrets... <laughs> yeah, there yeah you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Sometimes secrets aren't so bad in that sense. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, Albert Einstein, actually, um, who, you know, again, one of my my male dinner companions, if I could put together a dream dinner date, he would be one of them. But uh, he had a couple of quotes that are worth mentioning here. As we're talking about clearing up our external areas, he said, everything is energy, and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. I love that. Everything is energy, and you described that, Catherine. You said, Really, it's a feeling that is the energy of it. And then he also said, Out of clutter, find simplicity, which you know, shut the door, <laughs> delegate, and shut the door. so you know, like, but really, you know, what is simplicity? And simplicity really is being inspired to act with or on something that you've been planning to do for some time for yourself, just keep it simple, just make it easy. So uh, it could be that you don't really need to have space or go somewhere different than where you are. It could be just a need to have some time to be more with yourself, to spend time with yourself or spend it with someone that you choose to spend it with or maybe outside in nature, walking around or reading, curling up somewhere or maybe volunteering. It's you know, it's the the there that you want to be in your mind. I just want I just want to be there. Like it could be something as simple as just have Having that um, vision, that idea in mind, and then following it. So, uh, and really, what we're talking about here is how to simplify your life. Because there's, you know, when you get the clutter handled, really, what it does is it opens up space in your life, and things are a lot more simple. So, you know, it's and it's a lot easier to find that place of where you want to actually be when you have all the mountains of clutter and paper handled. Um, if you've got stuff. Stuff sitting on your desk, get it handled. Your voicemail. I spent, you know, myself last Saturday, I spent like four hours going through my e-files on my computer. Just, you know, you get mental space. So you can start with where you are right now, just take a deep breath, let it go, you know, just feel your way into what you're trying to achieve. And it can seem like a really far off potential that's just not within your reach, but it it sounds like it's just taking one step at a time, opening up to the possibilities by learning from people like Catherine, who are an inspiration with her positive potential and passion about what she does uh, in order to get her clients moving in the right direction. And so uh, maybe Catherine, you could share what What does the word space mean um, in terms of your professional opinion? Because, you know, we talk about living space or I have a head space or I need space. Like, what does that mean for you?
3: Well, I can, uh, there are two different levels really here. Um, I think for me, the first level and primary level is being centered. You know, to be in a space and to vision how you want that physical space to be means that you have to stand there and really breathe and be centered and focused on your body in order to let out that, in order to have that be surrounded by that serene environment to dream. It has to be a safe place in order to do that. And that's how every project starts. But there's a whole other level for the word space, and that is as an acronym and um, my colleague, Julie Morgan Stern, in her seminal work, Organizing from the Inside Out, coined the acronym SPACE, um, and each letter relates to um, the key to organizing anything and everything. The first letter, the S in SPACE, refers to SEEK. And in starting a project, um, you seek all of the different parts of that project from anywhere in the house. So if you're putting together uh, a file system for your paperwork that's all over the house, the first thing you have to do is go around the house and gather all of the piles into one spot. Or if you're seeking to find um, all your kids' clothes in one room, then what you need to do is go around the house and gather all of the clothes together if you're trying to figure out what fits this year and what doesn't for back-to-school shopping. Um, And the next element in the SPACE acronym is what I call make piles. Um, She has a different um, word for that, but for me that's what comes to mind is just piling like things together. Put all the sweaters together, put all the socks together, put all the bills together, put all the people you have to call their notes together. So you're creating a pile of all of the like things. And then you have the ability to look through the pile, to pull out the duplicates, to pull out the stuff that no longer is needs to be acted on and that kind of stuff. So it allows you to prioritize it once you have a pile.
1: You don't necessarily need to like them, do you?
3: No, no, no. You do not have to
1: like them at all. No, no, no.
3: And then the third um, letter, the A, is assigning it a home. So finding a place where that item and the like items to it are always going to be stored. For instance, if you're looking for bills throughout the house, you gather up all the bills, you find them, you pull out the ones that are, you know, third notice and you've already paid them or anything like that. And then you find a place in your home where you're always going to put bills. You know a bill comes in the mail and that's where it's going to go you know, this is where the sweaters are stored and that's always where they're stored. So you're assigning each item a home. And that's key because then you know where to find things and you know where they're supposed to go. So instead of putting it down, you can put it away. Then the third thing is to containerize it, is to find a container that you want to put it in. And if that's papers in a file cabinet, that works as a container. If it's holes that hang in the closet of the container, then that's the container. If it's a plastic bin of batteries or light bulbs, then that's the container. And I know that this is a step that the container store loves you to do really early on because you go and you buy all of these fancy-looking containers and organizing systems, and you get home, and you realize this is where the batteries are going to go. I have this many batteries that don't fit in the cool little plastic bin I bought, and the cool little plastic bin I bought doesn't fit on the shelf where the batteries need to go. So I always say, buy your containers after you've figured out how much you need to keep and where it's going to go. And then the last letter in the acronym of SPACE is to evaluate, and that is an often overlooked um, part of the process, but it's really continually asking yourself, is this system working for me? Is this where I think of finding the batteries? Is this where I can get at them? Is this where I can put them away? Um, Is this where I think of putting bills I haven't paid yet? And if the answer is yes, then great, your system is working. But if the answer is no, then it's time to say, okay, well, where would I naturally put the bills I haven't paid? You know, I'm in the kitchen sorting mail on the counter. Is there a an envelope I can put them in that's in the going to be in the top drawer where it's natural for me to throw the bills, um, or is it in the desk that's in the hallway? You know what? So it's really evaluating what isn't working, and changing it to make it work. So cool. that space acronym is really, I think, the key in order to organize really anything and everything.
1: And it sounds rather simple too. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll simply be right back.
2: live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you interested in actualizing your potential to be, do, and have more? If yes, then consider this your invitation. IntelliKey dates back to Aristotle, who used the word to describe the potential of a thing becoming itself. For example, a kitten has the IntelliKey to become a cat. So what is human IntelliKey? It's about discovering your destiny to live your freedom. Discover who you really are through one of the programs at www.humaninteleki.com. Be who you are here to be, and remember your life is a powerful expression of potential. Whether you activate that for its highest good or not is your choice. www.humaninteleki.com. That's human, E N T E L E C H Y.com. Have you ever met a muse? Or considered the possibility that you are a muse and didn't know it? A muse inspires creativity, happiness, and imagination. And that's something we need every day to feel fulfilled in life. The challenge is that most media focuses on negativity. But now there is a place for you and other musers to connect with positive energy, new possibilities, and personal growth. Join www.themightymuser.com to discover curated content designed to bring you to your best self. Becoming a muser will have a direct effect on how you feel. And as you feel good, your life is good. Join themightymuser.com. It's the choice that can change everything. Are listening to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with D. Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's one 346 9141 You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to Mighty Gems. We are... De- decluttering and working on thought processes and acronyms, and it's very exciting because we have a very uh, special person that is very positive and passionate passionate about helping people. Uh, Eleanor Brown said, clutter is not just physical stuff, it's old ideas, toxic relationships, and bad habits. Clutter is anything that does not support your better self. And as with anything, we need to consider what our choices are and how they affect us. We all like the feeling of what the word freedom means, and it always seems, you know, it feels something is different for each of us. In our show today, we are focused on opening space to be free, and that means that you have to really do some analysis to start. What really is the space that you have, and do you have a space that you have stuffed with sentimental things that you feel like you have to keep? And or do you have a separate storage area that you are swapping your time to make the money to be able to pay someone for that space to hold on to more things that maybe you'll never look at? At some point in your life, you and your family will need to physically address the journey through this storage space. Maybe it should, you know, start, you know, really soon. (laughs) It could feel very um, much a big project. When we have too much stuff and too much space available to store it for a period of time, we forget to consider the true value of this choice. Experience has shown that as your space expands, so does the stuff you fill it with. We tend not to think about the idea of reducing the stuff or the space. We tend to look for bigger living or storage space. This type of perception and decision process will hit you square in the sense of well-being as it directly affects your pocketbook your sense of self, the environment, and your potential for actually finding happiness and freedom. Sometimes we have tended to relate ourselves directly with the stuff. We have because it makes us feel like, I mean, maybe you feel like it's part of yourself. And as people, you know, we're moving around in the chaos perspective and there can be a lot of things that you end up not knowing where they came from, but they're part of the stuff. And a real clear starting point would be to clear your mind, as that's, what the, that's the criteria for keeping the stuff. There are some ideas that have been shared as to questions to ask and considerations for something to be moved to the list of potential things to go, let go. Something you know, to let, consider to let go is something you've never looked at in over a year. If you have too much of something that there is really nothing unique anymore with individual components, that would be something to look at and say, goodbye. If there are any negative feelings associated with stuff, that's a good one for that, Uh, goodbye. And if there's any potential value for it to be displayed, cared for, used, worn, read, or some other action, then it could be something to keep. But there are a lot of questions that one needs to actually apply Two things as you go through this project process. Catherine, from your experience and discoveries working with your clients, how does our individual learning style affect an organization system that works for each of us, like visual, auditory, or kinesthetic?
3: Well, that's a really good question um, because it really does affect the way you organize, and it even affects, going back to the acronym on space, so the first thing I do with clients really is to to get a clue of what kind of um, learner they are. And according to this um, three elements of sensory learning style, you're either visual, auditory or kinesthetic and tactile, as you mentioned. And it does change the way you organize. If you're a visual learner, which 65% of all learners are, and so this is how we're primarily taught, um as if we retain information through seeing it, these are the people that understand the world by looking at it, and they remember what's been written down even if they didn't write it. So for somebody who's a visual learner, if they're looking at a typed to-do list or a to-do list that they have handwritten, they will recall that much more easily than if somebody were to leave them a voicemail saying, make sure you connect with Joe Schmo about this particular item So those are the visual learners, and those are often the people who say, you know, I want everything out of my desk, otherwise I forget where it is, or I forget that it even has to be done. So there are a lot of ways that visual learners can um, reinforce the way that they learn and organize in order to maximize their efficiency visually. You know, um, pocket files on the walls, which allow things to be out but off the desk color-coded files which help them remember whether it's a you know it's a asset or a liability. I mean things like that that are that are easy stickies that pop up on their computer. But for auditory learners, those things won't work. Auditory learners, which are only about 30% of all learners, understand the world by talking about it. So they interpret the underlining meanings of speech through listening to tone of voice or pitch or speed or other sorts of nuances. So for them, voicemails work great. For their to-do list, they should just call themselves on the phone and leave a message. Um, or other people should leave them a voicemail message. Um, or they should use the dictation feature on their phones or on their computer because that's how they take stuff in and that's how they remember stuff. So. Organizing for those people, lots of alarms on their computer with different tones help. Um, uh, if, they, if they find it challenging to know to be on time, then I tell those people to set an alarm when they're supposed to get on, you know, a couple minutes before they're supposed to get on the road for an appointment. Uh, and that would be an alarm that their computer would say, you know, 10 minutes until you need to go or be a different sort of tone that those tips help auditory learners and help to organize them. But for those who are kinesthetic and tactile, which is really only 5% of all learners, so it's a really small minority, they remember things by what was done, not what what was seen or heard. And they learn best when totally involved, like moving or touching. So for them... The file cabinet should be on the other side of the room because they're going to remember their journey from their office chair to the file cabinet more than they're going to remember filing anything. Um, These are people that they need to write their list out and they need to say their to-do list or they're going to have more difficulties retaining it. They need to reinforce their learning by physically prioritizing their to-do pile when they've written it out so that they start at the top of the pile and then it's in descending priority because they actually need to shuffle the papers. They're the kind of people who need to touch something in order to take it in. So learning style really does impact the way you organize. And typically one of these elements is dominant, um, but a preferred learning style really can depend upon the task. So you can change from one learning style to another depending on the task.
1: Hmm. So do they teach any of this in school? Well,
3: it's... I mean, I think all of this is a lot of psychology and, and learning stuff. Um, I, I got this information once I became an organizer. I'm involved in the National Association of Professional Organizers and in the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. So all of this is information that um, certificate and learning styles, et cetera, help to reinforce those elements that would affect Assisting clients. Cool. Yeah, it is. Very cool. So yeah,
0: I think I'm all three. I'm like listening to okay. all that, and I, I'm glad that you said that. That it can be situational because I'm like, yeah. mm, I kind of get all of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Uh, no wonder I'm so confused all the time. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you just need to. You just need to do all of it. You know, you write I yourself do. a to-do list. You put the priorities in order physically and then you make yourself a voicemail
0: yeah I do it all I I do probably less on the auditory but and it depends on what it is if it's client projects it's one thing if it's my stuff it's another thing and you know it's like really interesting and sometimes I remember like I walked across the room oh yeah I put the paper there you know it's like oh yeah that totally that's very interesting very interesting
1: walk across a room and forgot where you were going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that too. (laughs) It just adds to the confusion. (laughs) Uh, Well, there's just a lot to consider when we're talking about opening up space for more freedom and you know, as we look to what's coming in our future, it's important to know that like anything else that we spend our time and energy and attention on, we need to maintain it or it could sneak back into what it was if we're not persistent in holding the, that new normal for ourselves. And so uh, as a feng shui practitioner since 1998, um I just wanted to share a few things that might be helpful too that... um I think, match really well with this conversation. Um, one of them is that it's really important to set up some active limits and boundaries so you can have a stopgap attitude. And um, that way you're not adding sentimental clutter to anything around you. So, um, you know, ask yourself, did I get this from, you know, if I get this from someone that I don't really care for or it doesn't make sense to me, then that would make it clutter, right? Because every time you look at that thing, it's not really something that you relate with. So ask yourself questions. Um, question what you need to answer. Uh, these, these are questions you need to answer right away so that the piles don't grow, but just ask is this necessary? Is it going to make a significant difference somewhere in my life or is it just going to mess things up a bit? Is this from someone that I actually truly care about? Um, you know, Try to make it less sentimental, but more like, yeah, I would really regret not having that going forward. Um, you can also put things into sorted specific boxes and sorted out Um, and then if you have to add anything to the boxes does it fit in the box or are they like the the other things are they similar Or is it even necessary to hold on to it? Or, um, you know, one of my clients, she says if she brings a new pair of jeans in, she's got to throw a new pair of jeans or an old pair of jeans out, you know, so, so she never exceeds her, the space of her shelf. So, um, you want to just, you can do the same thing with uh, whatever you're sorting, whether it's Christmas ornaments or pictures and cards. Um, and we talked last week about scanning your pictures, making that digital. You can also ask yourself if you really should be considering expanding into more space space or can you reduce can you reduce what you're working with as you're um, going forward Uh, and then also it's important to just have the right mentality sort as you go rather than pile as you go because either way that's a habit and you can change your habits so you can give yourself freedom by practicing the positive ones and using positive self-talk that'll make those changes in your habits so uh, I think we have just a few more minutes before our commercial break but Catherine I understand you're an author, and you've been on other radio shows, so I'd love to hear your thoughts about anything we've talked about up until now, or um, if you have anything you'd like to share with our visitors on the topics that you've written about or have participated with other radio shows in terms of sharing advice.
3: Well, I think the biggest piece of advice is that being organized is different for each and every single person, and it's a process. It's an ongoing process, so you always have to be patient with yourself because you're changing habits took a long time to get the clutter into your life, and it takes some time to get it out of your life, too. So I think all of that is is really sort of the important element.
0: Yeah, I think that pertains to almost anything, right? You know, relationships (laughs) that no longer work, (laughs) you know, moving from one house to another, you know, like it all. When you're making a big change, you know, just letting stuff go can be a challenge. Um, and, you know, if you live in an urban area and you want to get rid of furniture, it's like, well, what do you do? Just stick it on the side of the street. Like, what do you do? <laughs> and amazingly, <laughs> it goes away. A lot of times. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's very. Just like when you let things go.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm. Marie Kondo is the author of a best-selling book called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And that one has been very popular She says, when you come across something that you cannot part with, think carefully um, about its true purpose in your life. You'll be surprised at how many of the things you possess have already fulfilled their role. By acknowledging their contribution and letting them go with gratitude, you'll be able to truly put the things you own and your life in order. In the end, all that will remain are the things that you really treasure." To truly cherish the things that are important to you, you must first discard those that have outlived their purpose. The best way to choose what to keep and what to throw away is to take each item in one's hand and ask, does this spark joy? If it does, keep it. If not, dispose of it. This is not only the simplest but also the most accurate yardstick by which to judge. And according to Marie Kondo, if you properly simplify and organize the areas around you, you'll never have to do it again. And in her opinion, most approaches using the room-by-room or little-by-little focus approach do not actually work in the long run. Her approach that she advocates as something she calls KonMari method approaches this process of focusing on the project from a category-by-category system. She suggests that you want to give everything a home, just like you were saying, Catherine, and everything has a space. So the London Times said, It is enough to salute Kondo for her recognition of something quietly profound, that mass often without unhappiness and the right kind of tidying can be a kind of psychotherapy for the in, uh... for the home itself as well as for the people in it its strength in mm. its simplicity and i think before we get discussing this we're gonna hop into a break and come back because this this i find a really fascinating um, book and a lot of different ideas and Catherine, I know you've you've got some really interesting perspectives on it.
0: Yeah.
1: So we'll be right back.
2: Change your world. Change your life. Voiceamericaempowerment.com. Have you ever met a muse? Or considered the possibility that you are a muse and didn't know it? A muse inspires creativity, happiness, and imagination. And that's something we need every day to feel fulfilled in life. The challenge is that most media focuses on negativity. But now there is a place for you and other musers to connect with positive energy, new possibilities, and personal growth. Join www.themightymuser.com to discover curated content designed to bring you to your best self. Becoming a muser will have a direct effect on how you feel. And as you feel good, your life is good. Join themightymuser.com. It's the choice that can change everything. Are you interested in actualizing your potential to be, do, and have more? If yes, then consider this your invitation. IntelliKey dates back to Aristotle, who used the word to describe the potential of a thing becoming itself. For example, a kitten has the inteliki to become a cat. So what is human inteliki? It's about discovering your destiny to live your freedom discover who you really are through one of the programs at www.humanintellikey.com be who you are here to be and remember your life is a powerful expression of potential whether you activate that for its highest good or not is your choice www.humanintellikey.com that's human e-n-t-e-l-e-c-h-y.com we're on facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at MightyGems.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back to Mighty Gems. And we're exploring some different things here with um, thoughts about cluttering and psychology. And um, it all gets to be rather sometimes overwhelming in the process. But um, ultimately, happiness usually follows a clear path that is usually uncluttered. People have such an interesting perception of what it means to manage clutter or what it means to cut down on clutter around them. They typically do not even consider what it means to have it blocking energy flow in their space or within themselves. When there are feelings attached or sentimental aspects attached, it is difficult sometimes to move the items out of your life, but also it is difficult to keep the door closed so new stuff, quote-unquote, doesn't come into your life that will end up with a new side trip and journey after you've braved a path through the forest you entered recently. A lot of people don't really consider how much time and money it costs to haul the old stuff away and/or and store it somehow and somewhere if you don't have a visible or actually have it visible in your life space. So popular author of Habits, Happiness, and Human Nature, Gretchen Rubin, said, In the scope of a happy life, a messy desk or an overstuffed coat closet is a trivial thing. Yet I find that, I, and I hear from other people that they agree, that getting rid of clutter gives a disproportionate boost to happiness. And Catherine, you had mentioned that your clients seem to have a difficult time embracing Marie's uh, practical uh, how-to advice. For our listeners who have not read the book, could you please share with us the basics of how Marie approaches the art of decluttering and her recommendations of how to keep things you know, maintained going forward?
3: Well, Donna, um, her approach is that, her, her, her core belief is that a dramatic reorganization of the home leads to a corresponding dramatic change in lifestyle and perspective. And I have found that time and time again with my clients. Mm -hmm. She believes that if you properly simplify and organize your home once, you'll never have to do it again, and that most methods advocate a room-by-room or little-by-little approach, which Marie feels dooms you to pick away at piles and stuff forever. She uses a category-by-category system rather than um, a space system, like today is the bookcase tomorrow is the bedroom, her approach would be today is all of the books in the entire house and tomorrow would be all of the clothes in the entire house. And that's what makes it so hard for so many of the clients that I work with. Her philosophy um, really works. I mean, it's pretty international in its tone, but I believe that um, many individuals in the Japanese culture just don't have as many things in their life as Americans So if you say to an American, um, somebody living in the U.S. for the most part, you know, let's sort out all of the clothing that you own today, that's just overwhelming. You know, you Mm -hmm. get out all of the clothing and, and, you know, it covers three-quarters of your floor, your bed, maybe another room, depending how much of a clotheshound you are. And it's overwhelming. So for clients like that, to say to them, okay, today we're going to do all of your clothing, I just get this glassy look. So when I am doing that, I simply say, okay, wear all your socks. Let's start with all of your socks. Now, Marie Kondo in her book is very specific about her methodology. She says you never change it. It never varies from person to person. And the order in which she deals with categorizing these things and sorting them through is also very strictly defined. I mean, her table of contents is like five pages just to tell you what order you're supposed to do stuff in. And um, perhaps she lives a more ordered life than most of my clients do. But for them, you know, certain things are causing them more consternation and difficulty in feeling blocks than other things. So mm-hmm. I always start with the stuff that seems to be causing them the most challenge. Um and so I get the sense from reading her book that she sort of arrives and says, "Okay, today we're doing the whole enchilada, and I just I just um, don't feel like that works for my clients. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're working with hoarders, it's been found that having a team come in and clean it all out, so you know, the hoarder goes away for three days and they return and their house is shipshape and got a regular amount of stuff in it. Research has shown that it causes them to actually hoard more so that <laughs> in time they accumulate more than they had the first time you cleaned it out. Oh, well. so, yeah, I, I think that organizing is a process and it's something that you, you learn because you're changing habits and that comes slowly. So I think you have this idea that you're going to organize and you go in and you work on the space until it works for you um, using the category system by, you know, you gather all the papers together or you gather all the mittens together or whatever. Um, but I think doing an entire house at one sitting is a bit beyond most people's ability to do that. And really easy to procrastinate that time away. It's like, Oh, I need to sp- I need two days. I can't be doing anything but organizing for two days. Well, how easy is it then to say, Oh, I'm sorry, I have to overschedule that time. Well, I can't
1: find those two days. Um <laughs> If they lost them. <laughs> yes,
0: very, very often. Yeah. So that with a big project like that, do. I always get everything else done. Everything that was yes, yes. even on the sudden, remotest part prusting. of my radar. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So, mm-hmm. um, although I think she
3: has a lot of really great stuff, you know, she talks about her approach is uh, start by discarding, and and the real key is to focus on what brings you sparks of joy and keep that and get rid of the rest and I'm all for that focus on what you want to save and what gives you joy and those are the things you should you should retain in your life Um, and I totally appreciate that and totally subscribe to that Um, but I think that the her plan being as um, defined as it is without um, the ability to be flexible as she's defined it um, makes it a little bit more difficult for Americans to have success with it.
1: So, do you think that the millions of people that have purchased it are purchasing it on the hope?
3: Of course. Oh, I think hope runs <laughs>
0: eternal. <laughs> I mean,
1: kind of I like, think- well, everyone else has jumped on. Why Why don't I jump on? Or and exactly. then you you yeah. start reading it, and your eyes glaze over, and then you put it away, and you lose it, so you can't even. Find it again to take it back to the store. So
3: right, yeah, that yeah. could be
1: a, a challenge.
3: Yeah, I think there are people who are serial readers of organizing books, hoping that by osmosis with it on their bedside table, they'll take it in and they'll wake up tomorrow morning and it will their whole space will be organized. We can mm-hmm. we can all hope for that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and what I've I don't know if if you found this, but when when I've started like on a weekend and said, okay, well, I've got you know four hours or something to do something you know it gets tricky because I get involved in looking at things in detail and to determine whether I have joy for it I need to sort of ponder it so then I get and this is the musing muser in me I get musing about it and then I start sharing with myself oh well that was that was around the time blah 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 so I I come up with my own stories and then i get even more having fun thinking of the, the different components and pretty quick the the 4 hours are gone yeah and so yeah, that, that, it's in the yeah. rabbit
0: hole yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah yes exactly exactly that's when you bring a friend who is more directed than you to help you stay on task and <laughs> and help you sort and also a tape recorder cuz sometimes if you're if you're recording your stories then it's easy to let go of the item
1: oh right
3: yeah
1: so it's it's really a matter of not just physically keeping it but also possibly mentally mentally releasing it yeah oh absolutely
3: oh yeah people are never ready to release something just physically they have to be mentally uh, mentally able to release before they can physically let it go
0: you know my mom is like why don't you want all my stuff (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, she's not, she doesn't let go. So she thinks she has to give it to me. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> but yeah. she's really hurt that I don't want her stuff. It's really interesting. Yeah. So she oh, wants you. me to hang out to her stuff for her. It's like, oh, wow. no. <laughs> yeah. I hear that all the time with clients who are
3: moving down and their kids don't want their mom's fine china and crystal and and, and sterling silver because, the kids don't entertain that way. They don't imagine that they're ever going to need that stuff, and their parents are looking at all of this and saying, oh, this is so valuable. Well, I always say "If it isn't the monetary value that counts. It's the value for you, and if you don't want it and you don't use it, you don't cherish it, then why do you keep it? Let it move on to somebody who will appreciate it, who will use it, and who will love it as you have loved it. But you have to be Mentally ready to give that up before you can possibly physically give it up.
1: Well, do you have a a um, process within your clients that people graduate to different levels? That um, I mean, when people start doing something pretty major, life uh, shifting. I mean, I, I just for myself too have been working on things for a while doing the little by little but you know each time i do it 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 significantly affects me and at some point is there a graduation from things or is that something more of an attitude that um it's going to be a continuance in your life oh, i
3: think it's definitely an attitude and i look at organizing like a big onion you know you you start with the, the first layer of skin and those are the low-hanging fruit, I call them, you know, the things that you know can go, you know, 55 spare socks that don't match anything in the pile, you know, they can go. Those are low-hanging fruit and everybody will walk through the first time in their organizing project and be able to tell you the low-hanging fruit and then then they they get through the, the whole array and then... You end up bringing them back around and all of a sudden there's a whole nother layer of stuff that can go that they're realizing after having been through it that, you know, maybe that doesn't need to be kept. Maybe the memories are inside and the physical manifestation, they're ready to allow it to go to somebody else and a whole nother layer and a whole nother layer. So there's that graduation as you move closer and closer to the center of the, of the onion and, and, you know, you arrive at that point where you feel like, Wow, I, I really have shed myself of so much stuff that's allowed so much freedom to come in. Um, it's, it's left this void that can now be filled with such positive stuff, and it doesn't necessarily have to be material. So that's really the graduation
1: and the freedom to go shopping.
3: <laughs> well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> yeah, then so, I subscribe to the two out for one in process.
1: <laughs> that's a requirement. If it, I mean, that's the power of the door, too, I would think. If you're coming through the door, you have to quickly gather up and go back through the door with something else. (laughs)
3: Right, exactly. Yes, yes. I tell people, if you're thinking of buying something, you have to envision in your home physically where are you going to keep it, where are you going to store it, and if you don't have room, what are you going to get rid of so that you can store it?
1: Sure and we we so honor your your passion and your um sharing with us all of these wonderful tidbits and uh we hope that you've had fun on this prospecting pros- discussion and Very much so. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun to explore. Do you have any um, particular advice for our listeners? That in we'll, like
0: 20 seconds. We've got yeah. 20 seconds. <laughs>
1: Just decide, decide to do it
3: and have your vision and write it down and schedule time on your calendar. And it'll go step by step in the direction you want. You can make it happen.
1: And Buddha said, the trouble is you think you have time. And really start the journey now (laughs) because there are many more things you would rather do I'm very positive and you know we we really have a lot of things on our task list and and in front of us but this is one of those that will give you more joy and spark the joy so in that context um, join us next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time 2 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel And have a great weekend.
2: Thank you for joining D. Lee for Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.